Well, it was a wet hump day. As I was talking before, I woke up at around 1.30 in the morning. Actually, my Fitbit says 1.48, so I got in four hours and 18 minutes, up for a couple hours, did a podcast, then went back to sleep from 4 to 5.30, got up, headed out the door. It had rained at night, but I didn't think it was going to rain the rest of the day. I looked on dark skies, and Bakersfield is basically a desert. We only get five, six hour, five, six hours, five, six inches of rain a year. And so when it rains, it just rains a little bit, and then it's done. So threw on the old uh, Nike jacket, didn't double up. I wear a two-jacket system that keeps me dry. Thought, well, I'll be okay. Headed out the door to do a five-mile chug, run a quarter, walk a quarter mile. And right off the bat, man, I was just slow. The old bones and the wet weather just kind of do me in. So, of course, I get to two and a half miles out, and that's when it started drizzling. By the time I get home for Bakersfield, it was raining pretty good. Got pretty wet. Uh, then just got home, didn't do the kettlebell because I was running out of time. My DoorDash started and headed out to do the DoorDash. <clears throat> um, some of the training peaks, like I said, I still got an 81 score. Um, so that's not too bad. In fact, my weekly average is 81. And uh, I've been sleeping, uh, you know, seven hours of sleep this week. I'm almost like a normal person. I used to get by with four or five hours sleep. My resting heart rate was definitely elevated. But this is a hard week. This is the 100% week. Jack Daniels has a 24-week program, and he often says, you know, your mileage, <clears throat> this is a 100% week, meaning if you're going to try and do 50 miles a week, that's a 50-mile week, versus like the 60% week would be a 30-mile week. And so definitely been pouring on the miles, doing a little bit more. So my heart rate is resting heart rate, and that's the resting heart pass uh, is a little bit elevated, and that's not the lowest. My heart rate gets in the 40s. It's just a kind of the average thing. Um, then, of course, I really like this thing, uh, Fitbit. Um, keeps track of what you're doing uh, automatically exercise and it's amazingly accurate it often corresponds right with my Garmin which isn't bad considering you know the battery lasts a week I had a Fitbit Inspire 2 and in fact I think they almost should let have these things when you're doing uh, walking competitions because it definitely knows when I'm walking and when I'm not walking and so unfortunately today even though I was running a quarter walking a quarter it thought I was walking the entire time because I'm still pretty slow but I got 46% cardio, so that was good. Uh, yesterday evening's workout on the treadmill where I was moving pretty good. Uh, you know, I didn't even get any cardio. Of course, I went out and rode my bike yesterday. actually rode the bike because it was nice and sunny out. And then that showed uh, everything was below zone. And so sometimes my running shows up as an elliptical, which is pretty entertaining. Finishing up here, we're playing some poker a little bit after doing DoorDash in the morning. Uh, I was kind of dead this morning, and of course people don't know how to drive in the wet, so I said ending it early. I'm still watching the London Olympics 2012, and the two Americans, Ryan Hall and Abdu, dropped out, and Kofletsky's still going strong, but it looks like uh, the Kenyans and Ugandans are up in the lead. I'm at about six miles to go. And what's very entertaining about this uh, video is the commentators, and I always like the commentators. I expected there to be a, a reasonable-sized group. Because of the nature of the... These guys sound like they're commentating a golf match, very low-key. But my gosh, what a beautiful course. And just thousands and thousands of people out watching the race really do enjoy it. The poker gods aren't liking me on this rainy Wednesday. I was in a sit-and-go tournament. Doing pretty good. A couple guys were gone. It's one of those times when you just got to play the hand right. Uh, with nine guys in the thing, you only get three to get paid. There was like six of us left. I get pocket kings. Um, guy in front of me 
calls, guy raises, I re-raise, uh, the other guy goes all in. I knew it was probably going to be a coin flip. Pretty sure he didn't have pocket aces. He had ace-queen offsuit. And, of course, an ace flopped. Done for the day. So, way it works. Got out uh, some morning this afternoon. This morning I did five miles. This afternoon, hopped on the bicycle indoors because it was still raining. And then did a 50-minute treadmill run. My friend um, Liz is thinking about getting a treadmill. So, I got kind of motivated to do some treadmill work. Really like running on the treadmill in terms of just getting uh, some speed work in and using my form. So pretty good afternoon. And then I'm playing yet another tournament today. Didn't do too well, so busted out. Watching the movie Out of Sight because it's rewatchables by The Ringer. Bill Simmons, super bizarre movie. George Clooney, Jennifer Lopez, Vin Deems, and it's very odd. Albert Brooks, it's definitely not a movie that could be made today. Like I've been talking about, I've been watching a lot of old races, watched some cross-country races today. And, um, you know, last year, 2020, was Joshua Chiptegay's year. He broke the record, the 5K and the 10K and the road 5K. And amazing, you know, those records have been around for 15, 16 years. And I'd heard, you know, he also won uh, track indoor, I mean, track outdoors and cutter. And he also won a world championship in cross-country. It's pretty amazing performances. And I'd heard about how he had run... In fact, he was the first Ugandan to win the senior championship, I believe, in 2019. And then I'd heard that he'd run in Uganda and it had a terrible race towards the end of the race. So I looked and found that race. Interesting course, just kind of in Uganda. They're talking about how, you know, not a lot of people flew there. And so it had kind of a lower turnout. But also as weird as like, I guess the where the race was, was right near the equator. It's like only 45 minutes from the equator. Not too hot. So it's your typical, you know, cross-country course, uh, world championships. It was like a 2K course and, um, you know, just some undulations, nothing, no mud or anything. And he was flying along. He takes the lead. He looks like he's got it win one. Paul Radcliffe and another Englishman were the commentators. And they're talking like, oh, yeah, he's got this one. And then with like, you know, a kilometer and a half to go on like the final lap, he just slowed down. The Kenyan caught him and ended up beating him, Kamawar, who's definitely been a really good runner too. And and guy just completely locked up like you see in marathons or in ultra marathons where he was just staggering in, got passed by a ton of people. It's truly an amazing, amazing sight to see what happened to such an elite runner in the final stages of a run. Of course, you know, he's had such a great career since. So definitely probably learned a great lesson. Speaking of lessons, I really enjoy following Brad Studelberg on Twitter. He's a bit of a guru, philosopher, coach type of thing. And he had a few uh, tweets the other day that I retweeted. Kind of wanted to go over and it says, it's tempting to say, look at everything happening to me. It's also tempting to say, I can control this. Both are usually wrong. And I'm sure Cheptek, I thought that. There's a lot you can't control. There's a lot. There's also a lot that you can. The work is focusing on the latter and ridding the waves of the former. Non-dual thinking, holding two seemingly competing ideas at once, an important skill. And I definitely think that uh, Chepta guy felt that way, and I'm sure that's how he thinks. And he goes on and says, self-discipline, self-compassion. You know, I myself get out, get in the mornings, get it out in the evenings, but I also know when to take it easy, when not to push it. Like this morning, I mean, my first mile was super, super slow, and just kind of let it come to you. Hard work and rest, which is definitely what I'm going to be doing soon. Hit the sheets. Thinking and feelings, happiness and sadness, strength and flexibility, control and luck. 
That's what happened to me in poker. I've got control, know what I'm doing, and then, you know, you go all in with kings. You know, you get beat by ace-queen, but you got to do it. Body and mind, being enough, and getting better. Don't aim for consistent heroic efforts. Aim for being heroic at being consistency. And that's definitely the case. That's why I always say, you know, be boring, not epic. <clears throat> and just, you know, people I find just spend way too much time, you know, on the epic. It says heroic feats, efforts, take a huge toll emotionally, physically, and cognitively. Not a sustainable thing to strive for. Consistency equals compounds. Consistency equals compounds over time. Good enough over and over again makes you great. You know, that's the whole thing like making money. Compound interest is a great thing. And lastly, he finishes up kind of talking about something that we definitely hear quite a bit about in today's world. It says, if watching a celebrity fall apart in public is what makes you feel good, then you are just as sick and in need of help as anyone. In similar terms, don't be an asshole. And if you can catch yourself being an asshole, pause and explore what's going on there. And that definitely could be uh, in today's world, especially with all this canceling going on, and just try and see what's going on and, and make that judgment yourself. Today was definitely a day with, for treadmills. Had treadmills on my mind. Got out there this morning, got rained on, so this afternoon I was on the treadmill. But then I also spent most of the afternoon talking to my friend Liz about her buying a treadmill. She was talking about buying one used versus getting one new. And I said, well, the price the guy's asking is pretty close to what they are new. And you might as well just get a new one, I think. And it was funny. I looked on the online to see what the guy was selling. You know, the bad thing is he had the thing in the backyard. Maybe he hadn't had it there forever, but it's just kind of like, ah, why is the treadmill out in the backyard? And then what was really kind of funny was that he had a, uh, as his avatar on the selling site, he had a Raiders logo. And my youngest son jokingly said, well, you know, he hasn't used it very much if he's a Raiders fan. <laughs> so... Anyways, but again, it got me to thinking about treadmills. I remember hearing that someone said this, and it says, you know, the treadmills were first introduced to, uh, as human-powered machines to harness power animals or humans to do work, often a mill, um, you know, uh, powering machinery. And then later they were used as a terms of punishment devices for people sentenced to hard labor. And the terms treadmill and treadwell were used interchangeably. Um, of course, now we use them as extra machines, machines, and they have gotten really good, and, and they're a pretty inexpensive piece of equipment. Um, it's interesting that the first uh, treadmill for consumer use was um, developed in 1968, um, the book, uh, the Kenneth Cooper book on running, and they started putting together these book treadmills for home use, and the first treadmill this guy put together was the Pacemaster. Once finished, stopped sent his prototype miller to Cooper, found the machine's first customers, including sellers of fitness equipment. And so, you know, definitely the treadmills throughout antiquity have used to power machines, it used to be a horizontal bar jutting out from a vertical shaft, and you kind of walked around in circles. But then later on, they had vertical wheels, like a tread wheel, so you're almost like a hamster in a... Uh, 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 you know, hamster wheel. And then, of course, another design was climbing. So they had a kind of climbing thing. So treadmills have been powering machinery for over 4,000 years, lifting water and doing all kinds of things. And then in 1818, an English engineer uh, decided to use them as punishment. Uh, this guy, William Cutbit, was a son of a miller, noting idle pas- prisoners at at the at the prison, he proposed using the muscle power to both cure their illness and produce useful work. These treadmills for punishment usually rotated against a horizontal axis, grinding the user to step upwards, the walking up of an endless staircase. Those punished walked around the outside of the wheel holding a horizontal handrail. 
punishment treadmills remained in use until the second half of the 19th century. They're typically 20-foot long paddle wheels with 24 steps around a 6-foot cylinder. Several prisoners stood side-by-side side on a wheel and had to work six or more hours a day, effectively climbing 5,000 to 14,000 feet. That would be like a mile to three miles of climbing. While the purpose was mainly punitive, the most infamous mill of the Brixton Prison was installed in 1821 and is used to, to grain mill, supplement the uh, existence of a windmill. So definitely uh, interesting. In fact, it's kind of funny. I'm training for this race in Tachapi, and they're having a vertical challenge for the month of March because the race is in April. And I guess maybe you got to get on one of these treadmills and, and uh, get some training that way. Of course, I always tell people when they're training for a hilly course, and Tachapi's not that hilly, it's much better to get in shape. I mean, I'm known as a climber, and if you follow me on Strava, I spend all my time on a flat pancake bike path because climbing ability is all about just being in shape and fit and not about uh, having to, you know, spend so much time climbing in the hills because the problem is you spend time driving to the hills and you don't really get that good a workout. So if you're looking to get stronger, um, there's other ways to do it, just putting in the miles and being boring. Um, one of the things i really like to see, I wish they'd do more, is I really am interested in having these treadmills that would produce energy power, and I wish someone would develop one that was good and you know links up to all the programs like Swift, Strava, and all that. But then would power you know some batteries or something in your house. I'd really like to have that. So if you're out there and you've got some technology skills, why don't you put us together something like that? Uh, I don't know why my voice sounds like this. Don't have a cold or anything, but it definitely doesn't sound good. Maybe it's the uh, damp weather, the damp cold weather. So as always, uh, stay healthy, be boring, not epic.